right, so we're going to look in God's Word this morning. We're going to continue to understand a little bit more about Jesus. Before we do that, I have a question, because the kids are in here this morning, you can help me. I want to know who your favorite super, superhero is. Who's your favorite superhero? Santa Claus, he's not a superhero, is he? Oh, maybe. Spider-Man? Iron Man, yeah, he's pretty good. Captain America. Jesus, all right, so we're going to start our sermon now, because Jesus is my superhero, too. And this is a little bit out of the traditional uh, Christmas Eve service, so apologize to anyone who's a real traditionalist. Um, but what I wanted to do today is to help us to see that I think all superheroes, if they're good, because there are some not so good ones these days, but all superheroes, if they're good, actually are modeled after the most wonderful superhero of all, and that is Jesus himself. You see, because a hero defined in the dictionary, is someone who gives of himself, often putting his own life at great risk for the greater good of others. Doesn't that describe Jesus? Doesn't that describe what he came to do for us? You see, when I was a kid, my favorite superhero was Superman. He might have been one of the few. It was Superman, Batman, and Robin back then. Now they just multiply. Every year, there's like 10 more superheroes. I cannot keep up with all of this. But anyway, when I was a kid, life was simpler back then. There was Superman, Batman, and Robin. And I think when I was maybe a teenager, uh, there was like Wonder Woman. I think she showed up at that point in the 70s. But anyways, um, Jesus is represented in these superheroes. And I want you kids and adults to see this because it's kind of like a revelation. And every time you see one of these superhero movies or advertisements or whatever, you'll think of Jesus. And that is my goal here, is that our minds and hearts are shaped by our love for Jesus and the fact that he's our hero. Of all heroes, he is the greatest hero of all. So, did you know that both Superman and Jesus had earthly families, right? They had heavenly origins. If you know that, that the Superman origin story, both of them came to earth sort of incognito, Right? Superman showed up in that pod, right? It's crashed into the field. And then they went out and they looked inside and there was a baby in there, right? So it was almost like his little manger was that pod that came from outer space, right? And they had this royal blood, which was part of their story, right? This, this idea that, that this is a different kind of person. And they came to right wrongs. They came to make a difference. They came to change the way that, that evil was having its effect on mankind, and they both became, in a sense, saviors. They would save people. They would cry out for help. Somebody would, you know, somebody would cry out for help, and Superman would fly in and, 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 and rescue them. They had incredible powers, both of them, right? And they could basically do what's impossible for us to do. They did miracles. They did things that, like, none of us could do in our own strength. They had this superhuman strength. So think about Superman for a minute. He was an alien immigrant, right? Like a Jew in dysphoria, right? He was, he was foreign. He was, he was being sort of placed under uh, a, ruling, a ruling power. He was forced to leave his starry home, which was threatened by Krypton, right? The Kryptonites. 
um, to find a new life among strangers in a strange land, which was earth. Later, he would again leave his home in Smallsville, not Bethlehem, uh, to live in the Arctic wilderness, ensconed inside the fortress of solitude. Do you know the story? I hope you do. It's a good story. The original Superman, good story, right? And then, for a third time, he would then leave his Arctic home to go and live in the bustling urban city of Metropolis, going about his father's earthly business. His father was Jorel, right? And he was trying to work for him towards the forces of good. There's a lot of this in the Star Wars trilogies as well, where you see this, this same theme taking place. So likewise, Jesus left his celestial home in heaven to come to earth and live within our earthly realm. Later, he left his rural home out in Nazareth, the ancient Smallsville, uh, to wander through the desert wilderness to become a teacher, to become a healer, to follow the missionary work in his Roman-dominated world while doing his heavenly Father's will and his mission. So at the age of 30, we know that Jesus entered his messianic mission. So he lived 30 years in sort of uh, isolation, or at least we don't know a lot about those 30 years, but then he started his public ministry. It says in Luke 3, 23. Having increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, Jesus entered into the public ministry. Well, another interesting fact, and I'll move on from this in a moment, but Clark Kent walked into the Fortress of Solitude as a physically fit but somewhat troubled 18-year-old teenager, and he spent 12 years in that ice fortress, if you remember the story. And at the age of 30, then he flew out with a clear idea of his messianic mission to battle evil and save the earth from its own foolishness. That was Superman's role. So Superman's age, when you actually add up the calculation there, he was, he was 18 years old, then he spent 12 years in training, and then he came out at 30. Yeah, you got your, maths, you got your math down. Leaving no numerical doubt that the writer who originally penned the Superman story wanted him to be like a Christ-like figure for us, wanted to use him to remind us of our need for a Savior. So you might say, Pastor, what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, I want you to understand, no one understands what we need more than the God who created us, our Father God. And he knew we needed a Savior. He knew that on our own we were destined for ruin. We were destined to be destroyed or to destroy ourselves. He understands our daily struggle with evil, our sin personally, and also the sin of others against us and in, in, in affecting on us. Because of his great love for us, God sent his son, Jesus, to be our superhero. And we celebrate that at Christmas time. Since Jesus was born a baby and lived here on earth, he understands our struggles. And he alone is able to save the earth from sin, from Satan, and us from eternal death. 
He's God's greatest gift to us. No other gift tops this gift that the Father gave to us in his Son. So Jesus is the ultimate, most victorious superhero of all history. And he places that model there for us to draw us to himself, to help us to know that when we are in trouble, we can turn to him. When we need him, we can turn to him. When we don't think we need him, we should turn to him. I believe that deep down, this is why we love superhero stories. This is why the culture actually loves these superheroes, because there's some reasons behind how we are made and how we respond to a hero. We love heroes because superheroes, number one, they fight for justice, right? They fight for justice. The, the book of Isaiah, the prophet who, who prophesied that Christ would come, he says, for I, the Lord, he's speaking through a prophecy from God, I love justice. I hate robbery. I hate injustice. This is the kind of God who sent this son to us. Anyone who has spent any time with children under the age of five, they understand that children at that age already use this phrase quite often, especially if they have siblings. It's not fair. Where do they get their sense of fairness? I think it's deeply ingrained inside of our psyche, no matter what our age. It's not fair. We all have an innate sense of fairness or right and wrong somehow in our DNA. The problem is that we too often fall short of our own standards. We notice when it's not fair towards us, but when we're not being fair towards others, we somehow, you know, we, we work that out in a different way. Many times we know what's right and wrong, and we still choose wrong. That's our sin nature. That's what we need to be saved from. But for the superhero, for a superhero, it seems so crystal clear. The bad guys are the bad guys. You recognize them even by their names. Venom, Dr. Doom. You know, it's pretty obvious. Someone named Dr. Doom is not a good guy, right? So it becomes very clear. And we know right away in the beginning of a superhero movie, they're out to destroy the world. They're out to destroy everyone, everything that's good. That's their goal. The superhero seeks to save us from them and protect us from them and protect the world, punishing the evildoer in the process, bringing justice. When we cheer at the end of a superhero movie, we're cheering because a world in danger of destruction, at the very edge of destruction, has been saved. Good wins and bad is punished. And that's the story of Scripture. That's the story that God has inbred into our psyche even, that we're looking for a hero, someone to save us from all that's out there, all the destruction, and all that's internally destroying us as well, our own sin nature. Isn't that exactly what God promises us will happen when Christ returns at the second coming? He will make all things right, Scripture says. In other words, justice will finally come. But unlike the end of a Marvel movie, which always includes an end credit, the sense of the point of the movie is to set you up for the next movie because the franchise must continue, 
When Christ returns at his second coming, the world will be made completely new. Scripture actually says he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, pain will be no more because all the previous things have finally passed away. This is the view that we have of the final scene, the thing that we are looking forward to experiencing once and for all. Because in this life, we struggle with pain. We struggle with grief. We struggle with all the injustices around us. And we're looking for a savior from that. We're looking for relief from that. For the, the way in which we were created is not to live in that, but to live at peace, to live at rest, to live in a place of, of joy, in a place of growth, in a place of happiness. We love the end of the movies when the superhero saves the day, but how awful it is when it all gets messed up all over again, so we need a new movie. We need another one to come out and save us. After Christ returns, we won't need another movie. We will finally be in that place once and for all. That's called eternal life. It's a reward for those who find Christ, who follow Christ, who who accept what he has offered to us, which is the good gift of salvation. We don't need anyone else to save the day. Jesus has already started the process. He's already begun to do this. It takes a while, and we are in between. Remember, we talked about that a few weeks ago. We're not quite there yet, but it is in process. And whatever he has promised to do, he is faithful to complete it. He will come and make all things new. He will destroy Satan once and for all. Evil will be banished for good. Hallelujah. That's what we celebrate. That's the joy of Jesus, right? So the second thing, the reason why we love superheroes is because superheroes do what ordinary people can't do. They just do. They step outside of our little box that we live in. Nothing is impossible with God. That was spoken when the angel spoke of Jesus's birth to Mary because she couldn't understand how could I have a child when I haven't been with a man? And he said, nothing is impossible with That immaculate conception is a miracle. You have to believe in that to believe in miracles. You have to know that God was at work in this whole plan. Part of the joy of superhero movies is that we can relate to someone so much better than ourselves, someone who can do way more than we could ever do. Jesus was able to do so many things which we still think are impossible. He healed all sicknesses. He fed thousands of people by multiplying one simple little lunch. In fact, we tried to compose a slide that would let you see like all the impossible things that that he was able to do. And so there should be like a little movie slide in there if you could click on it. It'll start to to list. He was able to walk on water. He healed the lepers. He did the water. I won't be able to keep up, but you can see what we're, we're... This is just what's recorded for us in the Gospels. He healed people who were demon-possessed. He healed people who had been paralyzed their whole life. He performed all kinds of miracles, including raising people from the dead who had already passed away. He brought them back to life, Lazarus being one of them, Jairus' daughter being another. His resurrection from the dead himself is a miracle. His ascension into heaven is a miracle. 
He raised the widow's son back to life again. He caught, he had his disciple go and catch a fish with a coin in his mouth so they could pay their taxes. Don't you wish you could do that? Wouldn't that be amazing? You know, he was able to, to, to bring people who had been demon-possessed and whose lives had been destroyed back into sanity, back into a, a rational mind and a rational life again. He was able to do all these things. And, and as we piled them up, we finally said, just, just put them all on top of each other. And then what we have in Scripture recorded for us in John tw- 21 is, is this word from one of the gospel writers, the disciple John. He says, if everything that Jesus did was written down in books, the world could not contain that many books. In other words, he did so many things that we don't have recorded for us in the Gospels that they go on and on. And if you wrote a story about each of those and wrote a book about each of those things, if you were the woman who was healed from being crippled, if you were the man who got his sight back and you wrote a book about your experience Those books would just pile up and pile up. And Jesus has been doing miracles ever since. He does them through his people. And here's the interesting thing. Because superheroes are so superhuman, they remind us that we're not very super, right? We're just mere mortals. And they show us a better, more powerful version than than ourselves. When we're honest, we're all too aware that we're weak, that we have flaws, that we have faults within us. And we fail to meet the goal, the goal being a perfect relationship with God, a perfect relationship with everyone else. And we fail to reach that again and again. But once we realize our humanness and we turn to our superhero, Jesus, he does something that no other superhero does. He shares his power. He shares his power. Now, Superman would just come rescue someone, fly them back to where they need to go, put them back in their house or back in their car or back in their boat or whatever. He could do these amazing things, but then he would leave. And they would be the same person in all their weakness, in all their flaws, in all their brokenness. They got rescued from that one scenario, but their life was the same afterwards. Jesus is so super superhero that he rescues us from whatever scenario he finds us in. He brings us to himself in salvation, but then he begins to change us and make us like him. Make us like him. The act of sanctification, being changed from a rotten old sinner into an amazing saint of God, a child of God, is what Jesus begins in our lives. And as we follow him, and as we learn of him, and as we worship him, he continues that process. He makes us more like him, which is not true of the other superheroes. They keep their powers to themselves. God is so good, he shares his power with us. It's amazing. And I have good news for you. Instead of fantasizing about what it would be like to be Superman, which I did a lot as a kid, or Batman, or Robin, right? Instead of fantasizing about that, in Christ, who is the greater man, right, than Superman, he was one who was tempted in every way but didn't sin, in Christ we have the opportunity to become like him. Not just fantasize about being like him, but actually become like him. More loving, more kind, able to pray for people, for healing, for restoration, able to bring people to the knowledge of God. This is what... Christ shares with his people. 
that we can then go share him with the world. So this is kind of where, where the analogy begins to break down a little bit. But I have one more. I have one more thing. In fact, it, 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 before we get there, in John 14, that John 14, 12, I want to put that verse up. Jesus said this. Truly I say to you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these. Because I'm going to the Father. So he's going to the Father to then send the Holy Spirit to empower us as believers, as his servants, as his, his recipients of love, of power, of change, to do things that even Jesus didn't do. Now, that's amazing when we think about it. And we have yet to maybe realize that. But he has given us his power to be witnesses in this world, to make a difference in people's lives. Not to be their savior, because he is the only savior, the only one we ever needed, but to be like him and help others to find God through our actions, through our words, through our service, through our love, through our prayers. So I know that it's kind of wild to think about that, but Jesus shares his power with us. And we need to learn about that. And in future sermons, we will. One last thing I want to say here this morning on Christmas Eve. We love superheroes because superheroes make tough decisions, make tough choices. They make sacrifices for us. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. Scripture teaches us again and again, not just in this one book, Galatians, but it says Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of God and Father. This is why he came, to rescue us. Have you been rescued? Have you allowed him to save you? Now, remember, last week we talked about, you've you got to be savable. You've got to know that you need a Savior. If you don't need a Savior, you don't cry out to be saved, right? But if you've come to the place in your life where you realize your need for a savior, someone to wipe away your sin and the guilt and the shame that's accompanying it, someone to bring you up and out of some of the pits that you have dug or that others have dug for you. You need a savior. Once you need a savior, Christ is the one. He is the one and the only. You know, you'd have to be made out of stone, not to shed a little tear when it looked like Batman had sacrificed his life when he flew that nuclear bomb out of Gotham at the end of The Dark Knight Rises. Only to turn up again in a cafe with Catwoman in Italy. But anyway, this is the thing. The superheroes, they like, never end, right? They have this kind of eternal life. The pattern of death and resurrection is very common in superhero movies. This is because at their core, they're all trying to copy the most heroic superhero of all times. They're trying to copy what Christ actually did. Christ's death on the cross was a real death, and his resurrection back to life on Easter Sunday was a real resurrection. It's not some fantasy. It's not some imagination of a good writer. He did what no one else could do. He defeated death. 
He died in our place to give us eternal life, to save us. I shouldn't have to remind you that all of these superhero movies that we watch are fantasies. They're made up by creative people with creative minds. But Jesus is real. His story is on the pages of Scripture, which can be trusted. He was born in Bethlehem. He lived his life. He taught. He healed. He delivered people from darkness before he was arrested and then crucified on a cruel Roman cross. He died, but then he rose again from the dead. He proved this, it says in Scripture. He proved this to be true by appearing first to his disciples, but then to another 500 witnesses. And finally, to the Apostle Paul himself on the Damascus Road. You see, we celebrate our real superhero here today. We celebrate the goodness of the Father to send his Son to us. And we thank him for the greatest gift of all. The only gift we ever really needed. A Savior. A Savior. was born today in Bethlehem. But the angels told the shepherds. See, the world is crying out for a superhero. That's why the movies are so popular and they make so much money. Because the world is, is desperately seeking a savior. Someone who can break the pattern of evil and sin. Unfortunately, those stories are pretend. But we have the true, the real, the lasting the one who saves us from the villain of death. In fact, the Bible tells us that at one time, because of our sin, because of our choices, we were all enemies of God. And yet because of God's great love for us, even when we were his enemies, he sent his son to die on the cross so we might live again. So many people are still searching for their hero. I'm wondering if you are here today. Have you met him? Have you realized that he's real? He's not a fantasy. It's not an old myth from the old ancient days. It's the truth. Christ was born in Bethlehem to save us from our sin. He accomplished that through his life, his death, his resurrection. And now he lives forevermore, Scripture tells us. So our job as those who do believe in Jesus is to share that good news with those who have yet to hear. And one way we do that is one person at a time. I'm going to light our last candle, which is considered the Christ candle. It's the white one here. And as we get ready to worship, as we get ready to go home to continue our celebrations with family and friends, if you know Christ, you have the light of Christ in your life. You've been given the knowledge of Christ. Someone has shared, maybe when you were little, someone maybe recently has shared the good news of Jesus with you. So you hold the light with you wherever you go. Don't cover it up, Scripture says. Don't put it under a bushel. Let it shine. And if you don't have the light of Christ, we invite you to open up and invite Christ into your life today. Have 
this Christmas Eve be the day that you meet Jesus, your Savior. We have those opportunities before us. So this is what brings us joy. Father God, thank you so much for your work in our lives. Thank you that you are the greatest hero that ever lived, and we celebrate you here today. Help us, Lord, to remember you are our Savior. You're the one who has come ultimately to defeat all of our enemies, to make a way for us to live forever in that world that we desire, that world where there's justice, that world where there is good relationships with everyone at all times, where there's no more sin and no more sadness and no more death. God, it sounds like a fantasy, but we know that it is true. And so we commit ourselves by faith to the truth of your word. And we thank you for Jesus here this morning. We celebrate his life in us.